to achieve a toned look, it requires you having muscle and less body fat, which is ultimately the goal of having superior body composition is, is exactly that. So you've got to build the muscle first because a lot of people um, who are inexperienced will come into the program. They're like, look, I, I really want to have that, that toned look. And, you know, when we kind of assess and understand where they're at and do their body composition and, and see them train, it's just like, okay, we've well, actually got to build some muscles first because mm. you try and strip the fat off, you know, you've got nothing to show off anyway. You're just going to be skinny and that's where the calories have to get so low and you've got to do all that crazy sort of stuff. So you've got to go through a building process of actually building on some muscle first. And then later on, potentially, depending on how it goes, um, you know, you pull the layer of fat off and then you, you show off that toned look, which is essentially <laughs> the muscle that you've built and the fat that you've lost. Welcome to the Win at Life podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can break free from restrictive diets and build a body and life you love. Welcome to the Win at Life podcast. My name is Kitty Bloomfield. I'm the co-founder of New Strength and the Win at Life program. And we're joined by my, oh, he would say, oh, he would better say better half, half. <laughs> Craig, aka Sausage McDonald, Coach Sausage. Poor Craig, he mm. picked up that nickname about a year ago from mm. me calling him a sausage in one of our lives, and then all the women just loved like, it. Oh, now, sausage, now he just gets, sausage. now he just gets called Coach, Coach Sausage. But uh, very the reason that we're sitting, uh, we're sitting. Well, obviously you can't see this because you're still podcast, but we we've just moved into a new place and there's no bloody MBN and we can't get it for like internet for two three months. So in order to record podcasts, we need to sit outside on the deck, set up the microphone, awesome. put the put the hotspot to our phone so it's four bars. It's the only place where it doesn't freeze. So you know we just are getting really resourceful, aren't we? We're getting very yeah. resourceful under over the top of the extreme frustration. That's right. of this. And a few swear words. But anyway, we didn't we didn't want to jump on and tell you about our uh, internet issues. No. Want to talk about how do you actually achieve a toned and athletic body? Um, and the reason I say toned, and the reason I wanted to record this podcast is I don't know why, but for some reason in the last few weeks, I've had heaps of messages on Instagram and even a few women in our program saying, "Oh, Kitty, I'm not really sure if I should do the training component of your program because I just want to look toned." You know, I just want to tone up and lose weight. I don't actually want to look muscular. And I think there's a real misconception still mm. around, you know, like how to actually achieve a toned and athletic body. I think that's what most women women want. And I was even in um, this shop that we love in, uh, where is it? What's that shop that I like? He's like, what do you fucking mean? There's, there's, there's like a million, million shops, shops you like. Life. It was, And I in, get pulled into all of them when we went shopping. It's in Ferry Road. Um, and she, she was so nice, this lady, she came up to him and said, oh, you've got the most beautiful figure. What do you do? You're like, do you do running and yoga? And I just thought, geez, I must be lifting heavy enough weights if the uh, lady, if this lady thinks that I do running and yoga. But mm. I think again, it just shows this real misconception about, you know, lifting weights and looking muscular and how do you actually achieve the toned, the toned look. Mm. But before we jump into the podcast, I just wanted to talk quickly about our next break free challenge. So we do these challenges a few times a year. The next one starts on Monday, the 27th of September. So it's only a few days away. You've still got a few days to grab your spot. And we absolutely love running these challenges. It's such a great opportunity to get a big group of women together, you know, all working towards similar goals and they all support each other. But it's not like your typical challenge. So it's not about losing as much weight as, po as possible. It's about teaching you the foundations required to, you know, 
um, have a healthy and robust metabolism, you know, good sleep, good digestion, good moods, good energy, actually want to bang your partner, um, you know, regular and, and, and relatively, you know, asymptomatic cycles, you know, no menopausal symptoms. And then, you know, a lot of women also want to lose weight and tone up. Uh, so, you know, we teach you how to do that in a sustainable way. So it's not a, not a quick fix. And I think it's a really great opportunity to get really specific around what you actually need to do to move the needle closer towards your goals. Because I think, you know, there's so many people out there now promoting pro-metabolic eating, which is awesome. Craig and I actually talk about it all the time and Craig's like, oh, it's so, it's so good because it just really enforces the message that we're trying to, I guess, get through to women that, you know, stop doing all these fucking stupid 1200 calorie diets and start learning how to lift and nourishing your body and getting healthy. Because sometimes it feels like you're pushing shit uphill because there's still still so much of that around. But, you know, when you come into the challenge, you know, we teach you about macros, about tracking so that we can empower you, um, you know, so that you understand what foods work for your body. You know how to meal plan and meal prep. Um, you know, you get you can get a customised program. So you upgrade to the customised program. Definitely do that if you have um, access to equipment. If you don't, you still can um, do the training component. You just needed a minimum dumbbells or uh, uh, resistance bands. Uh, you get to send in videos each week where Craig and the coach will actually give you feedback so you can become a better lifter. And we're going to talk more about why that's critical um, if you actually want to, you know, lose weight or lose body fat and tone up. And we'll talk about that more. You do a weekly check-in where you send in a tracking sheet where we look at all your data. So your sleep, your digestion, your mood, your energy, your cycle, sex drive. And we also review your nutrition. And then we give you specific feedback uh, on things that you, you can focus on right now to, again, help you move closer um uh to your goals and i think that's really really key because you know there's a lot of i guess big overarching principles that we all teach um but you know there's nuances to everything and, and women are different and the foods that work for me aren't the exact foods that Craig eats. And, you know, when it comes to training, you know, some people can't do some exercises and you know there's just all these different intricacies and and um you know, things are going to work differently for different women. So that's where the coaching is, is really, really invaluable. So I'm going to pop a link uh, in the show notes. Click on the link, definitely do the um, the upgrade. As soon as you purchase, you will get access to the website, start doing the pre-work, just read through that, get that done, and then sit tight and the nutrition component will get released on the Friday before the challenge. And then we release all the training programs on Monday. So, yeah, we're super pumped. Mm-hmm. Hey, Craig, yep. we love the challenges. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah, they're full yeah. on. It's, it's awesome to interact with a lot of new people. And mm. obviously we're, we do a lot of lives. Like I think we do about four or five lives yeah, each week, week training, you know, on training, coaching sessions, nutrition yeah. and meal plan strategies and different things like that. So it's, it's, it's very, it's very informative. And I feel it can be, even for, for some people who may understand it to a degree, it can just really um, potentially give you some more ideas or, you know, clarify a few things because obviously we, we can answer a lot of questions for you. So definitely jump um, on board. Yeah, so I think if you're completely a newbie, no training experience, you know, you're new to this pro-metabolic eating, it's great for you. If you're someone who's more experienced, who's not getting the results they want or who needs some accountability and wants some more specific advice, it's for you too. So, um, yeah, jump in and uh, grab your spot. So let's get into it. So let, I think maybe, first of all, let's address address what does toned actually mean? And I went and looked it up in the dictionary before we did this podcast and it Ooh. says to have well-defined firm muscles. I think that's what it said. And yep. obviously you need to have no like less fat over it to 
so that you can actually see the muscles. Because if you're at 40% body fat, then you're not going to actually be able to see the muscles, right? Well, I, I think that's the, 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 the thing. It's, it's to achieve a toned look, it requires you having muscle and less body fat, which is ultimately the goal of having superior body composition is, is exactly that. So you've got to build the muscle first because a lot of people um, who are inexperienced will come into the program. They're like, look, I, I really want to have that, that toned look. And, you know, when we kind of assess and understand where they're at and do their body composition and, and see them train, it's just like, okay, well, you've actually got to build some muscles first because mm. if you try and strip the fat off, you know, that you've got nothing to show off anyway. You're just going to be skinny and that's where the calories have to get so low and you've got to do all that crazy sort of stuff. So you've got to go through a building process of actually building on some muscle first and then later on, potentially, depending on how it goes, um, you know, you pull the layer of fat off and then you you show off that toned look, which is essentially <laughs> the muscle that you've built and the fat that you've lost. I think too, though, can I just ask you a question is like, and I, I'm just thinking back to how my thought process before I met you is, you know, I just thought if I was going to pick up a dumbbell, it's just, you know, going to like build all this massive muscle and I was going to look so muscular. Yeah. And, you know, I just think women think that if they do stuff like body weight exercises and, you know, like, I mean, obviously, well, just, you could body weight do like gymnasts are really obviously very muscular, but yeah. they, but no, I, I think, I think it's, if they go, Oh, if I'm going to start doing things like squats and deadlifts and mm. presses, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get bulky. bulky. I'm going to yeah. put on these muscle and it's just like, well, it's really hard. Anyone, <laughs> anyone you see with a really nice physique, that's taken years, not weeks or months. Mm. And know, they're strong, right? And they're strong. They're, yeah. they're much stronger. They're much more capable of lifting weights in the gym than what you are. And, and, and that's really all it comes down to. You know, the level that you want to get to will reflect the level of capability in the gym. You know, so if you get to a stage where you're like, I'm happy with where I am, essentially, you don't need to try and progress your weights anymore. Mm. You can just stay at that point. But that point is way down the road. You know, that might be 50, 100 kilos on your on your deadlift. It might be, you know, like expert, not, we're not talking about five and 10 kilos here or, you know, like they're, they're big, big numbers. So you've, you've got to be uh, going into it with the sense of this is, this is going to be a long-term um, thing. And the reality is for, for any, especially females to, to put on um, like legitimate raw tissue, you, even if you're doing everything right, your nutrition, your training, your sleep, staying off alcohol, you know, all, all that sort of stuff, you might put on 10, maybe 15 grams of true raw muscle tissue per week. Mm. So you think about how, how much that is, like that is so minimal. Mm. So, and the reality is for you to look significantly different, you, you're going to need to put on two, three, four, five kilos of lean muscle mass to, to have that toned, look and it doesn't sound like a lot but it's hard yeah i mean yeah. that's that's the part you know and we kind of tell you know for anyone who needs to make a uh, a big transformation you know we say look it's going to be 12 to 18 months for you to to, to do that to, to where it's noticeable mm. and i think when i sort of say to people I'm like look you're going to need to put on two three four kilos of lead mass they go oh my god i can't put on that kind of weight and it's mm. just like well hold on a minute let's first clarify what we're talking about here we're talking about lean muscle tissue we're not talking about body fat Mm, and mm. I think this is the difference when, and we've heard this enough, women will go in, they'll start strength training, they'll start lifting weights. And they're like, look, when I lifted weights, all I did was get bulky. I put on five kilos and I just looked where, and it's like, well, first of all, how long did it take you to put on that five kilos? Oh, that happens over 12 weeks. 
Okay, if it happened that fast, I can almost guarantee you that that five kilos is predominantly body fat. Unless you're taking a ton of steroids. Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah like, it just doesn't scenario. happen quick like that. It doesn't happen yeah. quick like that. And the reality is, you know, when we, when we pull it right back, the amount of food you eat on a daily basis is what controls your body weight. So often what will happen is people will come in, they go too hard too soon. The body goes, oh, my God, this is stressful and this is hard and I've got more repairing to do. Push-up food cravings, they just start eating way too much food. Oh, they, they don't track. And they don't track. And they, yeah. they, 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 they're, they're not measuring what they're actually intaking. And then their weight just starts going up and they believe it's, oh, well, the only thing that I've changed is I've started lifting weights. And it's yeah. just like, no, 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 no. You've started lifting weights and you've exponentially just started eating more food relative to your muscle gain on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, because I think difference. women too overestimate, like you don't need mm. to eat such a huge surplus to put a muscle. But let's b- before we, we go down that path, I just want to first talk about let's, can you talk about weight loss, fat loss, body composition change? So like, yeah. you know, like we it's interesting and I just say these things randomly to Craig's. We're like walking along. Um, we have our daily walks in the morning and, you know, like there's women like me who, you know, when I first started this, I was 62 kilos and I'm five foot eight. So that was pretty small. Yeah. Hey. Yep. And I didn't have a lot of muscle back then because mm-hmm. primarily I did uh, boot camps, hit, I did RPM. Yeah, you know, I was flogged myself with cardio type workouts. Yep. So I didn't have a lot of muscle. And I had to eat a lot less to stay smaller and hold less body fat. So that's the other thing too, like the more muscle and the stronger you are, the more food you can eat and maintain a leaner physique. So like when Craig talks about someone does a fat loss phase, if they've built that amazing base, usually as well if they've, you know, um, build a strong metabolism and build up their calories when they have to go to diet, they're dieting on way more calories. Hey, yes. Yeah. So, you know, like I was 62 kilos. So for me now I'm like 69, 69 and a half kilos. So over the space of like eight years, I've put on a lot of weight, Mm -hmm. but I look, I think I look way better. Like I look healthy and curvy and muscular. And a lot of it is I've put on a lot of muscle mm-hmm. as well. I've probably put on a little bit of body fat because I was sort of, sort of more lean than skinnier. But, um, you know, but then, you know, someone who's 80, let's say you're 85 kilos, an 85 kilo woman that is 20, let's say she's 20% or even 25%, she's be pretty jacked. Like you, 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 you would be, yeah. the, you'd be the most muscular woman in the world. Yeah. Like that's, that's not like an exaggeration because yeah. the thing is, it's when you look up, like, like, for example, if you look up Idris Kyle, who's what the greatest, potentially the greatest female bodybuilder ever. And, and she takes drugs, right? She's a, an IPB pro, right? You look her up. She's won the, the, the women's um, Miss Olympia, I don't know, eight times or something. It's ridiculous. And when you look at the photos of her, like the, the proper glam photos of her on stage, hitting all her poses, you're just like, oh, my God, this woman is huge. Like the photos, they just look ridiculous. You know, like like she just looks like she would punch a hole in your face. But then when you actually see these women in the flesh, and I and I have, I, I haven't seen her, but I've seen, you know, people, when I've been at shows, I've seen them backstage. They're tiny. They're bare, How much does she weigh? She'd be barely... Barely 65 kilos on stage. It's 65 kilos shredded. 65 kilos shredded. So, you know, like for you, like when you were shredded, when you were competing, you were on stage at what, 55 kilos or 54? That was before I was actually training. That's before you were actually training, but that's a 10 kilo difference. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and this is, and she's like 65 kilos at like 
Eight, eight yeah, I was not that lean. Fat. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Nowhere like, near that so, lean. So I know these numbers probably don't always mean a lot to, to a lot of people listening, but when you actually understand, it's like, well, 65 kilos on a, on a set of scales isn't that much. Anyone would be happy at that. Mm. But she looks so muscular because mm. at 65 kilos, she's 8% body fat. Which is obviously not healthy or normal. Like, no, it's no, just no. to show. Well, obviously, we're not, we're not. Yeah. But that's not the point. What, what, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is, is that she is the most muscular woman in the world. She's 65 kilos at 8%. So if you're going to be 80 or 85 kilos, <laughs> even at 20%, you would be, I mean, you, so- would, you would be bigger than I am. Yes, it's not possible. It's not. Yeah. No, so no. women, women that are, you know, like. so it's impossible. Yeah. So like, let's, yeah. so weight loss, let's talk about weight loss. Weight loss could be anything. Weight, like a lot of women, when they do these quick diets, they drop their calories drastically, drop carbs. They're losing more water weight. They lose some muscle. Yeah. You know, it's not a good, yeah. it's not a good indicator of progress because no. it's muscle that we want more of, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, the, the, I mean, the, the, the thing is, it's like when you let's say you're you're 80 kilos you first need to understand how much food you're eating to to maintain that 80 kilos of body weight because energetically speaking food or the amount of food you eat on a daily basis is the biggest determining factor in what controls your body weight right now i won't go down the rabbit hole and have my rant about the whole metabolism thing and how that affects body weight i'm I'm not saying that it doesn't but it has very very little to do with it in the big picture well it does affect it but i think women no but i think a lot of women actually don't know what they're eating because they don't track that's correct so So they underestimate so yeah yeah, so but that's exactly my point is is that it's it's literally like food is the biggest determiner of body weight you've got other factors like metabolism that will influence it to a point but the amount of food at the end of the day is really what determines it for 90%. 90%. Yeah, and of course, like we're not talking so, about women with Hashimoto's and thyroid issues. We're just talking about women in general that we work yes, with that, yeah, you know, may have some, because um, it's not like your metabolism's broken. I think those are not the right words. It's, it's adapted. You, it can adapt. Yes. Your metabolism can adapt. But yes. it, but yes. so so often we see, don't we, with women, like once they actually start eating consistently, getting the right nutrients and getting our sleep, building yes. some lean mass, they actually can eat more calories consistently. Yep. 100%. Yeah. Because they're, they're, they're now in an environment where, the, the, the energy requirements are going up because they're lifting weights. It's mm. breaking down muscle tissue. It costs mm. more energy to repair that. Um, more uh, muscles at rest obviously burn more body fat. And then generally when you get into a routine of lifting weights and, and uh, following a training program that's structured in a way that follows a certain progression, other habits start to get better. So you start planning the food better because you realize that if I don't eat, I feel like crap and I can't improve on those performances mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you realize that you, you you need to improve your sleep habits because then you're not recovering properly you know th- there's a number of things that all kind of go hand in hand with lifting weights but the the the, the, the biggest thing that i always try and tell people is it's like strength is never a weakness the stronger you get the more capable you you become the more it affects all different parts of your life and and that's in everything whether it's just your your mental outlook your metabolism your, your physical development, your appearance, mm. the way you hold yourself, the way you speak, that there are there is never a weakness in anyone that I've ever seen in all my years of coaching people that when they get stronger, they go, my life's just so much worse for mm. putting on a few mm. extra kilos of muscle. It just doesn't work that way. So I, I think it's really, really important to understand that in in order for you to make the the biggest changes in terms of you know health and and that you know, overarching, you know, point of what that means. 
get strong, Hmm. get strong, build muscle. And so I guess like we're always promoting instead of like focusing on weight loss, focus on on body recomposition, because obviously your body's made up of lots of different things, but just for the sake of this conversation, there's muscle and fat. So, you know, if you're a woman um, that is 70 kilos and she's 20% body fat, she's going to look a lot different to a woman who's 70 kilos at at 35% body fat. Yes. You know, so when women come into our program and they go through like these muscle building phases where they're, you know, eating enough food to actually build muscle, um, you know, a lot of them, you know, a good example I think is, um, you know, Debbie. Like Debbie, like she's, you know, started on slightly lower calories and over time she, I think she was 85 kilos and over time she was a new lifter too. Yep. So she, you know, when she started, she could deadlift 15 kilos. Now she can deadlift 72 kilos. Mm. And she posted the other day and she's down 13 kilos. I don't know exactly how much of that is, you know, like how much muscle she's put on and how much body fat she's lost, but an overall weight loss of, you know, 72 kilos. But she has obviously, oh, sorry, overweight loss of 13 kilos. So she's 72 kilos now, but she's, you can see the muscles in her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Obviously, because like the thing is, when you're what did you say she was 80, 80, 85. 85 kilos, it's just like a, an eighty-five kilo woman at any height is going to have higher body fat. So when you lose thirteen kilos, you were you, primarily a lot of that when you're at that weight is going to be body fat. Mm. It just is. But the thing is, when you lose thirteen kilos, you have to be in some sort of relative caloric deficit in order for that weight to come down. Mm. So in the case of Debbie, she has gotten stronger. She, like she's mm. really progressed her lifts and, 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 and that is the difference. She's gotten 13 kilos lighter and she looks like the athletic version of herself as opposed to being 13 kilos lighter who looks like the malnourished starved endurance athlete mm, they're just doing cardio yeah yeah just doing cardio. Muscle. yeah and that's the difference you know as, as i just mentioned before it's like strength is never a weakness she she focused on getting strong she focused on understanding the skill of lifting and the body composition change was that she put on more muscle on her journey from 85 kilos down to 72 kilos as opposed to losing muscle which is generally what people do they cut the calories and they do more cardio they do all this mm. stuff to strip off the muscle and that happens much quicker but the rebound effect and the, the down regulation of metabolism and all those negative effects is generally mm. what happens at that mm. point so debbie's at this point now but has all of those issues improved and she's eating 2000 calories a day yeah yeah and you know this week craig and i were just talking about this after one of the round tables we had and this is a perfect example of why strength training is so great when it comes to fat loss and actually recomping your body so putting that you know, lean muscle on. So we've got two clients. Um, both of them have lost nearly 30 kilos. One had no injuries um, and she was able to get a lot stronger. Hey, she was able to do the big, you know, yep. lift, squat, squat veg, deadlift, yep. and she added quite a lot, you know, and she's a good technical lifter. Yep. Then our other client had a back issue and so she hasn't been able to lift much at all except do some body weight stuff and she's walked. Mm-hmm. But both of them have lost 30 kilos because they've been in a calorie deficit, mm-hmm. but one of them is maintaining that 30 kilo loss. Um, and they're around the same weight too. Hey, to start with, they're yep. around that 9,800 kilo mark. Um, 
they look so different. Mm-hmm. Um, one looks like way leaner because she's built more muscle and she's now eating consistently 24, 2,500 calories. Mm-hmm. And the other one's maintaining her physique eating 1,900 calories because mm-hmm. she just has less lean muscle. Yep. Hey, yep. Yeah. Yeah. And she's not training to mm-hmm. warrant that, that those extra calories to, to warrant the muscle that she's not put on because she's mm. not training in a manner that requires that. So it's just relative to the individual. Both have got the same outcome, but both have gotten there, you know, and I'm sure, you know, if she didn't have the injury, you know, she would be training, would, would of course. Been, yeah, yeah. Different. But like at the end of the day, it's the lifestyle and behaviors that, mm. are, the, that are the things that are ultimately determining that success, which is you know, tracking your food, planning mm. your food, you know, staying active, you know, getting a, enough sleep at night you know like it really is comes back to those basic lifestyle behavior choices that ultimately determines the success but also you know. too like going back to that example you know when you have more muscle you need to eat more yep you know like yep. i can eat the calories i can to maintain the physique i can because i'm strong yep. really really strong and you know another misconception i think women say oh but kitty i don't want to lift heavy weights but heavy is relative to the person yes. and in order to put on muscle you need progressive overload and it's you don't start at 100 kilos no you know like you start if, where you're at yeah you know and, and i think you know what we, uh, one of the things we do like when people come into the program is we get to fill out an intake form, but a lot of the time it's very hard to, to understand exactly the person's capability and whatever. And we, we start them with a particular kind of training template. And it's purely just to see how well they execute the very basic movement patterns, the squat, the hinge, the push, the pull, the single leg movement, et cetera. And then we basically adjust the programming of that. If that's obviously they can clearly do all this, then they need something more advanced. If, if they're struggling with that, then that's probably a good place to start. But the weights that they choose to lift it's completely up to you. And the reality is we just need to see a baseline of like, let's just see what you can do for, you know, 12 reps. And they choose a weight and they get towards that and they're like, yeah, that was pretty tough. And we're like, okay, let's just start here. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter where you start. It's ultimately where you finish up, mm-hmm. you know? So if we fast forward six months, if you're still lifting those same weights, well, you're not going to look any different. Mm-hmm. But if you fast forward six months and you've progressed on the movement patterns, the, the skill of the movement, the weight on the bar, the amount of reps that you're doing, the amount of total work that you're doing, then you're going to look different, you know, mm-hmm. providing that you're eating well and et cetera, et cetera. So it, it, it's, it, it has to come back to you just finding a very, very good place to start. And I would always encourage people to always look at incorporating the movement patterns. Like put a squat movement, a hinge movement, a single leg movement, a pushing movement, a pulling movement. It's like five exercises and you could literally do that three times a week, the exact same exercise and you could progress them every and session. so many of our like clients have yeah. made amazing, and I'm not yeah. saying that everyone has to train three days a week. You know, as you get more advanced, you know, now I'm, I train four days a week with you, but for a very long time I trained three days. I yeah. loved it, you know. Like, And I'm not saying you can't train more, but a lot of the women that the are in our yeah. program, you know, we give them the option when with women that they do a program request from how many days would you like to train. Yeah. Um, but a lot of them only train three to four days because that's what they can commit to. Yep. Yeah you know um and uh you know this is going to sound so simple but you know me i'm pretty simple and obviously i don't have the knowledge around training and body recomposition that you do but i just remember when we first met and you know me i'm like a bloody right up a drain pipe and like it just seems so simple to me you know you were like okay cool kitty you can now you know you can you started with me and you could deadlift the bar plus 220 kilo plates at 60 kilos for five reps and that was hard 
and he's and he said to me like if you want to look different if you want to if you want to look tone and athletic you need to lift more than that so he's like get it to 120 for five and your physique is going to look a lot different so yeah. all i thought about in my head is okay cool okay all my lifts are this i've just got to get them here <laughs> yeah. and then i'm going to look like i want to look so i've just got to gradually each week just you know like obviously i followed a program and we added more weights or more reps or you know maybe we can talk about progression how do you actually progress exercises like progressive over how do you build muscles but but how do you build muscle but it just seems simple to me i'm like the person that can lift more weight with good form is gonna have more muscle so i obviously look way more muscular now because i can deadlift way more i can squat way, way more and that is a combination of obviously getting better at the skill and then progressively adding weight over time and then you're like just eat the food and be consistent with the food and i was like okay mm-hmm. and off i went yep. and over the years it just it works yep you know so i think you've just got to um stop over complicating it because it's actually not that complicated <laughs> you've yep. just got to get stronger and be consistent and be patient because it's not something you can do quickly and it's something that really like you'll do it for a while and then you're like, oh, fuck yeah, I can finally see, you know, as long as you're pushing, you know, and we can talk about intensity too, like a lot of women don't push hard enough in training, like they've got like five more reps left in the tank. Um, but, you know, and if you give it, if you're patient and you're consistent and you just chip away, like you really in 12 to 18 months, you'll see some good changes, like and your body is going to look a lot different. So can you quickly talk about, Craig, how do you actually build muscle? So you talk about this progressive overload. What is progressive overload? And talk about how we progress things in our training. Like, uh, Yeah, okay. Well, so at, at a fundamental level, in, in order for you to build muscle, you need to lift weights and then you need to lift progressively heavier weights for progressively more reps over time. Like in the simplest form, that's what it is. That's why it's called weight training. You're training the weights to get better. Okay, so you just... And, and I mean, again, you don't need to overcomplicate it. If you, if you can say you get a, you get a, um, a dumbbell, you, you find a dumbbell that's moderately heavier, you, you put it up under your chin and you do dumbbell squats, right? And you do as many as you can. And let's say you're holding a 10 kilo dumbbell and you end up getting 15 reps. That is the absolute max you can do. If you come in next time and do it and you get 16 reps, well, that's progressive overload. You've done the same weight for more reps. So that is a performance increase. Or you could get, grab the 12 and a half kilo dumbbells and do uh, for 15 reps also. So you've done the same reps, but you've added two and a half kilos. That is also progressive overload. Another form of progressive overload is just getting better at the movement. So you'll hear a lot of bodybuilders talk about mind-muscle connection, owning every inch of the movement. So it's basically like, okay, when you start the movement, you breathe the brace and you control the the, the eccentric so in a squat going down into that bottom position if you're controlling that and not just like dropping into it so there's just momentum out of the bottom and inertia and body english and all these things you don't actually have that connection um that that is not that's going to be less overload than somebody who does it a bit slower owns every inch of the movement and uh you know by the end of it has that true fatigue sensation so in essence the way you build muscle is through progressive overload progressive overload is done by generally three things which is adding more weight to the bar adding more reps at the same weight um, both over time and simply improving the skill or the execution of that particular movement because sometimes what we do too like i'll because i like to like push the weight up craig will be like push it up and i'll do say eight reps and he's like no they're a bit sloppy Mm. so it's like you you'll stay at eight reps 
for however many weeks. Like so might stay be at that same, same weight at eight yeah. reps yeah. until and I clean it up, basically. It yeah. might take me two or three weeks and then he'll go, yep, that looks good. Now we increase the weight again. So again, it's like, it's got, you've got to be patient. Yeah. Hey, you've got to yeah. really be patient because it's a, it's, it does take time to build muscle, but it's something I think that pays these big rewards. Yeah. Um, and what, what's the, because we talk about this, you talk about this so much, bloody Craig craps on about this so much. <laughs> What what are you gonna say here? <laughs> so does Libby actually? We have this little chat group, me and Libby and Amy and Leela. We're like the Aussie pro metabolic girls, yeah. and we all like strength training. And Libby actually often says the same thing. But Craig's always, you know, he talks about intensity or effort. So you know, when you're saying uh, training to muscular failure, obviously with good form, like close to muscle, very close to muscular failure, with, with keeping your stance, your form. You know, standardize that form. Yep. So many women, like they're not actually training close to failure, like one to three reps short of failure. So they're not, you need that, right? To, that stimulus to get the stimulus. Like if you, if you say, if I could squat a hundred kilos, really I could squat it for 15, but I pull up at 10. Yep. Why isn't that going to build muscle? Um, because you, I mean, well, in that example, mm. if you put up a 10, it still would build some. It just wouldn't be build the most amount. Mm. The closer you can get to your failure point means the more high threshold motor units are being recruited, which are the muscle fibers that are uh, more prone to muscle growth. So the closer you get to exhausting them to the, to the nth degree, um, the more potential you have to grow. Now, there's a constant debate around how close to that absolute failure limit you need to go, uh, depending on who you chat to. I prefer people to go all the way there. With good form, though. With good form, yeah. Because I feel like to- you can push, I can, we've talked about this before, like I have, am quite gritty and yes. I can always get more reps out, but the form may not be like really good and that's yes. really pushing to failure. So now yes. you always like to be just... Yeah, because I just am, I'm gritty. Like I like to really push, but you're like pull it up here when you felt when your technique starts to break. Obviously, it's not going to look perfect. But no, I think so, there's a difference between. Yeah, so so I, I yeah exactly, and and I think the people that are that are super over the top on execution can often probably push it too far, and it can be interpreted as, oh, I'm you know that that form just it looks a little bit got to stop now, and it's like, mm-hmm. no 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 like there, there is some uh, there is some leeway. I mean we're not practicing ballet at the end of the day <laughs> um but i think the movement selection or exercise selection will determine your ability to push so like if you're looking at squats and leg press for example mm. you know squats have because they're a free weight movement they require a lot more stability you know through different joints um there, there needs to be a lot more awareness around your overall total body position especially when you're coming out of the bottom that can affect the emphasis um being placed on different muscles so if you're kind of squatting because you want bigger quads but every time you push out of the bottom your chest falls forward and you you push your weight back onto your heels and that more of your glutes and sort of lower back push it up you know you, you're kind of losing it a little bit whereas on a leg press it's pretty much you, you, every rep is perfect the only thing you need to worry about is getting to depth each time you know once you you lock out a rep each time on a leg press you're getting the exact same stimulus in the exact same area every time so i think exercise selection is really really important i think there are some movements um that that aren't suited to certain people or that require so much time and effort to improve the skill on that they would be better their time would be better spent 
doing other movements that are going to create that stimulus and ultimately putting people in movements that they can put a lot of effort on. And I've done this with people who even been a little bit scared with weights where I'm like, okay, you've, you've done like cycle classes before you've been on a stationary bike. Yeah, 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 I've done plenty of that. I'm like, okay, what I want you to do next time, go into the gym, get on the stationary bike. And I want you to get onto it at a, at a moderate intensity. And I want you to pedal as fast as you can, like absolute all out effort. And then once you're in the middle of that, I want you to turn the intensity factor, like the, the dial on it up as high as you can. And all of a sudden the, the, the pedals will get really slow and you'll be trying to grind through and you'll be like, oh my God, I'm trying to pedal. You got trying to pedal. And you're just like, I just can't move it anymore. That is what failure is. So I'm like, you need to apply that type of mindset to your training. So just because it gets a little bit hard, you don't just stop, you keep going. So nobody thinks about that when they're on a bike because you can't hurt yourself on a stationary bike. Mm. You just keep pedaling until you can't pedal anymore. And that's ultimately what we need to do with weights. But there is some considerations around the particular exercise you're doing. You may not want to go to that nth degree when you're doing deadlifts, but things on like a leg extension or a lat pull down or a leg press or something. Yeah, you, you can absolutely go to that point. So I, I, I honestly believe when I get asked the question about why well, like a lot of people just don't make progress and it's just like, I just see it time and time again. The, the, the biggest factor why you see some people make more progress than others, it just purely comes down to one word, which is effort. That's it. So when you effort, say execution and effort? Well, no, well, we're, we're taking into account that mm. the execution is, is good. Is yeah, good. Okay. Yeah, 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 so yeah, once yeah. the execution is good, it's, it's only effort, about yeah. effort, you know, and, and for people like, oh, you want to leave a few in the tank here and you don't want to push it that. I'm like, you shouldn't think about that. It should get to a point where you're training, where, where you have enough awareness that you just go like, if I try and go for another one, it's going to look like shit. So I'm going to pull it up. Mm. You know, that, that mm. would make sense. But on things like a leg press or lap pull down where, it, you know, you can literally go to the nth failure and you're not going to hurt yourself because of the movement that it is, then you sh that should be the thing that you absolutely put the absolute effort in. Mm. I just don't see the point in people pulling up short and doing lots and lots of more sets and more work just because more volume. Yeah, it just doesn't yeah. make sense. You, you can only objectively measure performance increase if you push to the high amount of effort each time. Yeah, like if you can squat 50 kilos for 10 reps, a woman who can squat 120 kilos to 10 reps is going to have way big legs. Yeah. yeah. Like it really, it just seems so simple to me. I'm like, I don't know, like I'm a simple, obviously, again, I don't, obviously there's nuances to programming and whatever else, but, you know, and I think too, yeah, not, like. Not really at that base turn, like that's, that's objectively that, per, like. I think you just got to ask yourself, like, if I don't look like I want to look like, is it because I'm one, not strong enough, or is it two, because I'm shit with my nutrition? Because I've seen women that are really strong, you know, like when we, Yep. In powerlifting, like they just didn't give a fuck about their diets. Like, so they were just carrying heaps of my body fat. Like, they didn't care. Yeah. You know, so it's obviously if they actually, you know, like you worked with um one of the powerlifters and she's down now how many kilos? Uh, about, uh, 15. 15 kilos. So she, she had a lot of muscle to start with strong. She just had to tighten up her nutrition and she yeah. dropped consistently every week because she's strong. She got that muscle there. She's, just, gotten, she's gotten stronger. So, yeah. you know, like at that point, it's just like there's no need for you to be at a higher body weight if you're still getting stronger mm. without mm. all the extra body mass walking around. Mm. But I think too, you know, like obviously if you haven't trained for a while, you know, like I, and I'm going to do an update podcast soon on the whole baby making where we're up to. Um, and, uh, you know, I've just got back. It's probably been now 
second week of like really getting back into the training, like pushing it harder. And obviously the first few weeks I felt quite fatigued because it's new stimulus again, you know, and I was like, oh man, like, fuck, this is really like, I'm feeling a bit fucked. Um, But then now this week we did more, you know, more reps, higher weight, and I slept better and I felt way better. So it's like you you could let your body get used to it. Of course, you know, if you haven't trained for a long period of time, you know, and you've got to build up slowly too, you know, like don't go from doing zero to like, I'm going to do everything in, no. in a week. You've got to, you know, like build up that tolerance to the exercise, you know, make sure you're getting out and walking, mm. doing that active recovery, you know, and you're going to feel sore. Like the first few weeks I was like, oh, man, I'm so sore. And then like today we did that heavy leg session. It was pretty heavy. Like we did more weight, more reps, mm-hmm. more volume. Mm-hmm. And I'm like not even that sore today. Mm-hmm. So like your body's just got to get get used to it. Um, yep. Now, uh, now we talked about why weight isn't a good indicator of progress. I think, you know, when you like, don't just look at weight, like take measurements, take photos. Don't you think like, yes. look at how your clothes are feeling. You know, I've, we've started tracking everything in our app. We've just released a new app, Craig's been building it for two and a half years. Oh my God. Holy stressful Batman. Mm. <laughs> but it's rolling out now into our business. And I've just started using it because I'm getting, getting back into training. So I'm tracking my weight. I'm just weighing myself every morning. And, you know, like I'm second week in like proper, I was trained last month, but I just was gradually easing into it. Now we're like into proper, like I'm pushing harder now. And, um, you know, I've just been weighing myself every, every, every day and there's not been much change in my weight, but I can really see a change in like my clothes are starting to feel loose. So they're starting to feel tight because I was had put on a bit of fair bit of body fat. And really the only thing I've changed is training. Like I'm still eating the same food, um, but I'm just training harder and and lifting more. So, you know, my weight's not changing that much. It's dropped maybe like 500 grams in the time since we've measured it. And then, um, you know, but I can really see the changes in the body composition just from my clothes. And obviously we'll do some measurements in another month just to see. But, yeah, track those things. You know, and the other thing is, again, you have to like what is look at the individual. Like if you're a woman that's 50 kilos, you're probably if you're and you're building muscle, you're going to put on weight and measurements, but that's okay because you're putting on muscle. But if you're an 85 kilo woman, you're going to lose centimeters. Yep. You're not going to be able to put on that much muscle. So I think that's yep. where you've got to look at the individual. Yep. Um, but but look at all those different things. Um, mm. Now let's talk about like fat loss phases and you know biofeedback and health markers that you look at before you do a fat loss phase. So I think. Um, you know, if women uh, have come from a really crazy ass dieting background and constantly cutting calories, you know, it can be good sometimes just to sit at maintenance calories for a while, not only for a while, but just for however long it takes just to, you know, stabilize your sleep, improve your sleep and your moods and your energy. Yeah. Um, but then women who, you know, like just I just always think of examples. Um, I won't say the client's name, but um, you've been working with her uh, for, I don't know, it's like eight or nine months and, she's just been doing a building phase, a muscle yep. building phase before you did a fat loss phase with her. Yep. So what are your prerequisites with clients before you'll undertake a fat loss phase? So let's talk about first like strength goals. So you'll never do it with someone who's not strong. When, when I say strong, like who's... Has well, a- well, well, even before that, I, I don't even entertain any of that. It, it, the, the first things are lifestyle and behaviours, right? Because I've had so people, I've had people that could go into the gym and train yeah. really, really well. Yeah. But they go out and get on the piss every weekend, you know, and they eat pizza and they and not saying. So do they have to demonstrate things. to you a relative level of consistency before you will agree? Like, so let, I'm just going to pluck a number yeah. out of the air. So let's say that they can, they have to be consistent for at least 85, 90% of the time. Because I'm like, well, if they can't do it now, how are they going to do it in fat loss phase? Exactly. I yeah. mean, the, 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 when you, in order to lose body fat, 
and to, to lose body fat at, at a at a rate that is sustainable, but is at a maximum rate. And the most that any, and it obviously depends on your starting body weight. Obviously, if you are heavier, you'll obviously lose more. But basically, at a as a rule of thumb, 0.5% of your body weight at a minimum, you know, 1% of your body weight uh, at a maximum per week um, is, is the range in which we work in to, to lose that. And I say a percentage of body weight because... You know, if you go by a kilo, if you're only like, you know, 65 kilos, it's really hard for you to lose that much in a week. That would be way too much. Whereas if you're 100 kilos, that's that's really not that much at all. So work up a percentage of body weight. Um, and we know that that percentage, if you go too high that, we know that you're going to be losing muscle because it's, it's going to be un unsustainable. So we need to look at the person. And then essentially it's just coming back to... Um, what are their habits like? Because you don't build good habits when you're eating lesser calories, mm. right? So you need to be making sure that, you know, you, you demonstrated for a significant amount of time that you can do the basics, which is meal prep, you know, that you're, you're planning your food and you're, you're prepping it and you're actually eating it. <laughs> and that you're, like I said, going to, going to sleep at a decent time each night, um, that you're training effectively and that you're communicating um, well enough um, with myself or with one of the coaches that this is how your week has been. These are the things that you've struggled with. These are the things you need to improve on. And you're showing that you're taking an active approach to um, becoming that version that's set up for you. Because the reality is like a fat loss phase shouldn't be something that you undertake as this epic saga and point of time in your life that you're like, all right, I'm in a fat loss phase. And it's like, you know, this is all really, really hard. It should be like, well, nothing really changes. You just eat a little bit less. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But but in order to get to that point where it becomes quite easy because you understand how to track your food, you 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 prioritize certain things, you know how to say no to to events, or you know when you go out, you you know how to moderate accordingly. Like there's just so many little things that need to be demonstrated on a day to day basis for weeks and weeks and months, and months and months on end in order to have a successful fat loss phase. Because the reality is, if you go through that. That, that fat loss phase you, you get five or six weeks into it you know and you're losing the plot and you keep binge eating and you stop training because you're low energy and like everything just basically shits the bed well that that just shows me straight away that you were never in the, the right space to be able to do it in the first place and the people that always undertake those who haven't established good lifestyle and behaviors to start with always fuck it up excuse my french they always do and they just, they, they never get through it. And then when they get to the end of it, when we go through the, the, the reverse diet phase, that for them is just a, it, it, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. just like, oh, I'm pushing my food up. I might as well just eat a bit more. And I'm like, but why is it in, we discussed. What, so once you've established that, they're consistent. So, you know, yep. why was it then that you spent eight, nine months, whatever it was, 12 months with this lady building up her calories and doing a muscle building phase before you did fat loss phase? Because what would have happened if you did the fat loss phase with her where she was? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, she she had very low strength capability. Mm. And, you know, as I sort of said at the start of the podcast, if you've got low strength capability, then that's a reflection of your physique. Mm. So you can then strip all the muscle off, but you're not going to strip look... Strip the fat off, you mean? Uh, sorry, yeah, uh, strip yeah. all the, the, the fat off. You're so not going to look great. You, yeah, you're yeah. not going to look like that toned version that you want to look like because you've got no muscle to begin with. So, you know, it's it's you've got to build the foundations. It's like, oh, I want this amazing uh, rooftop you know, look out on my house. It's so, well, you've got to build the foundation first in order for you to have that that rooftop. That's a 
kind of a poor example to like no, no, it, it makes but sense. But do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it, it just doesn't make and sense. And plus you can eat more. Like your calories are high. So, you know, you might, you, you've you got your maintenance calories up to 2,300 instead of your maintenance calories are 1,800. Yep. You know, because you've got a much bigger yep. pool to draw from, I think, a base to draw from when you've built That's muscle right. and you've you know, built That's up right. those calories. So quickly and talk and about. Sorry, muscle, just, yeah. just, just the last thing to add yeah. to is you don't want to be, the, the other thing where you do the fat loss later for somebody who is um, still, needing to build muscle is that they haven't developed the skill of lifting mm. and you don't want to be using a fat loss phase while also trying to teach someone how to squat or how to put in energy, right? Well, and also how to put in effort into their yeah. training and, and how to execute movements. Well, that that's not something that goes together. That mm. should be when you get to this stage should already be dialed in. And then that way, all you need to focus on is just, eating a little bit less mm, mm. um and quickly what about what are the bite like you know if someone was really stressed out and not sleeping they had irregular cycles like what are some of the the biofeedback and health markers you'd be looking at what, what would you want to see across the board before you like before like, you, you actually know, like do it good temps and pulses yes yeah yeah, yeah that, that's a big one definitely yeah, warm um, body yeah warm yeah. body good temps and pulses um great digestion good you know good good, good sleeping habits regular yep. cycle yep regular cycle um you know consistent mood and energy yeah. um, not that, not really stressful time i think too like 100 percent. yeah, yeah I, th that that is one Life of the questions stress, i do like ask really them i'm like what have you got going on for mm. the next like three months yeah oh i've got this work party and I've got this wedding that I've got to travel to and I'm like, okay, now's probably mm. not a good time to do it. You mm. know, like if you want to do it properly and actually see the, 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 mm. the, the ideal result from it. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's all of those things. You know, like I said, it's, it's really the last part that needs to happen. You build the muscle, you set all the foundations, you, mm. you put all the habits in place, you make that second nature. So then, as I said, all you've got to focus on is just eating too, less. A fat loss phase is stressful. So, like, you want to have that good foundation there. So, if you've got that really shitty foundation, if you're tired all the time, if your menstrual cycle's a mess, yep. you've got to build that first. Exactly. So, really, you've just got to build the metabolic foundation, mm. build the strength, build yep. the muscle, yep. then you can do a fat loss phase. But sometimes you don't even need to do that. Like, some of our the greatest transformations have never done that. Yeah, that's right. Because they just got strong, they body recomped. They lost body fat, they yep. got stronger, they increased their calories, and yep. they were super consistent and they got super strong. So it's not always – some people don't even have to go through these. No, yeah. and, and I would say they're the people – I think I mentioned it before yeah. – you can always see um, – the people that have the biggest changes are the ones that just put in the biggest effort in the gym. Yeah. And, and all, the food consistency. all of those, all those ones who just yeah. went through a pure recomp, just train like savages in the gym. Yeah. And they got really good at the execution. Like I look at some of our really awesome transformations, like 30 kilos and muscular, they're looking muscular down 30 kilos. Yep. Good. They look at them squatting. They're really good squatters. Oh, it's good awesome deadlifters, to watch. You know? Yeah. It's awesome. Um, okay. We're running out of time, but quickly talk about why. So let's say you've done a, you, you typically do fat loss phases with people maximum 12 weeks, say usually, usually. Uh, I, I, yeah. yeah I, sometimes I'll, I'll extend it out to 16. It just mm. depends on a lot of those metabolic markers, how mm. the person's actually feeling, what their food cravings are like, you know, uh, are they yeah. getting more food focused? Yeah. So mm. it, it just, it's very individualized. It, mm. You've really got to look at the person and how they're responding. Mm. So. Um, and why is it, important to do a reverse diet after a fat loss phase so yep. you'd get down to a certain amount of calories you would have dropped this much body fat then yep. what, what how and why do you reverse diet yep so we we reverse diet because we we want to stop any uh potential down regulation 
um, of metabolic effects and loss of muscle mass from being um, and, uh, loss of muscle mass from being in um, on lower calories for an extended amount of time because mm. that's essentially what you know down regulation of metabolism yeah. is it's it's, it's, it's well it's energy deficiency yeah. right yeah. and the longer you're in it um, the further those things kind of go on so we we want to break that we want to use it um, to you know, psychologically just give the person a break from dieting because mm. just like a deload with training after a certain time you need mm. to have some time away from the gym and it's the same thing here you need to have a deload from dieting give yourself a break and uh, reverse some of those metabolic measures. But we also, you know, I, I feel that the reverse diet is the most important part of the fat loss phase because we need to essentially maintain the new body weight set point that you've you've gotten yeah, the to. Body composition. And then at, we've got to slowly re- reverse the food up and monitor all those markers to see the improvement in your metabolic markers, but also not really see any weight gain because there's no point going through this whole point to then you put all the weight back on on. so that's where a lot of people really mess it up they don't take that that part seriously enough and what about um what sort of cardio do you recommend so always get questions about cardio Yep. So again, energetically, I think nutritional, the amount of food you eat is always going to be the biggest determinant of body weight. Cardio or steps or activity is going to influence that, but we need to be really, really careful of, um, again, you've got to look at the person, their life, what they're doing, how hard they're training. Um, and, and is cardio really appropriate? I don't believe cardio, anything over really 125 beats per minute if you're on a bike. So or, heart rate you're talking about. Heart rate, yeah. yep. Um, generally, I just get people to track steps. I'll just try and find a, a high amount of steps that they can sustain. Generally, most people can get anywhere up to about eight to 10,000. I've got some some people who will go up to about 12,000 steps per day. And that's really all I look at. You know, If you're walking at a brisk pace, Again, that's just going to feel good. It's going to keep your activity levels high, which will influence body uh, body weight loss, um, but it won't impact your recovery from training, which is ultimately the most important thing. So, I think I don't think cardio is is terrible. I just think it's unnecessary if your goal is to maintain the most amount of muscle mass and put on, uh, sorry, put on muscle mass and continue to lose body fat. I think too, you know, like you've got some clients, you know. Um that are more advanced athletes that do like rowing and yeah. um, what does Jen do? She's a, yeah, she's uh, like, so far, so yeah, so she does like, yeah. she trains hard and like I've seen her train yep. three days a week or four days a week. And then she, yep. you know, you, but she's very diligent with her food and her yes. recovery. Like you need to remember that the, I think the more stress you pay for the body, the more you want your body to do. Yeah. I'm not saying that you can't do it, but you have to set your life up to be out for your body to better recover. Yes. So you can't be like, Oh, I'm not sleeping enough. I'm not eating enough, but yep. this is what most people do. And I think most women do a lot of women that we work with is they just do so much, but they're not actually setting their body up to no. be able to do that. They're not sleeping enough. They're not eating properly. You know, they're not getting the right nutrients in. So it's like, you've got to, yeah. you want to be an athlete. You yeah. got to recover like an athlete. You'll sleep like an athlete. You've got to treat, you, yeah, well, you, you and, have a, you have a responsibility to your body. Yes. Well, I mean, like Jen, for example, like mm. she, she, she lives that athlete's like the lifestyle, like mm. her, her kids are a bit older, mm. you know, and, and she works a job that's relatively stress-free and, you know, like her, her life is kind of set up. It's not mm. like she's got a two-year-old running around and she's got to spend heaps of time yeah. with. So it's, it's very, very different. Um, and she's been sort of doing that for a long time, but she's a classic example. I mean, she's only a, a 63 kilo female sitting around. She's about 22% body fat, but she's eating 2,400 calories a day. 
Do you know what I mean? And and the difference is like when you look at her physique, like she's really, really strong. She's her doing muscle, she's lean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, she's doing and endurance stuff with her life sa- surf life saving, but you know, she lifts big weights. And she eats consistently yeah. and yeah, yeah, and she's really consistent. Like that's yeah. the keys in it. Like when women listen to this, like they don't understand the consistency required to achieve that physique. Like you do need to like be so mm. consistent. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. and and you know, she also she improved, didn't she have like some Maybe interviewing her sugar babes. She had yeah. quite a lot of issues, actually. Yeah, like, she had sleep issues and yeah. digestive issues. Yeah, and, like, uh, and everything's good now. Yeah, yeah temps yeah. and pulses were a bit low. Yeah. And, and again, it just, again, just improving some of those lifestyle and behavior factors, but also yeah. improving her nutrition and understanding yeah. that, you know, if you're going to do that and lift weights as well, you need to be eating a decent amount of food and we yeah. need to adjust your training program appropriately yeah, to allow you to do both and, and yeah. yeah so yeah. again it just requires a measured approach to mm. get a, a measured outcome and one quick last question so i get asked yeah. this heaps like women say should i do a fat loss phase because obviously i think I'm a, i've never had a baby yeah. um that you know of, but uh yeah. i've never had a kid yeah. um <laughs> but uh should i do a fat loss phase after i've just had a baby no like, no no i'm mean, no. so taxing you on shouldn't your body. Be, the, the reality is you shouldn't i mean you should yeah, be nourishing say, your body. Nourishing I be, your body. I should body. be saying that, but, but the reality is you shouldn't be thinking about a fat loss phase. Like yeah. if you've got a, a newborn. And you're breastfeeding and, and you know, I can't remember. Your, your the, goal the, is to make sure that you're eating enough food so that you are uh, coping with the stress and not sleep and, and make enough milk. Exactly. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's, that's so not Give yourself enough. a break. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That you're 12 months away from that, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was great, Craig. Thanks so much for coming on. And hopefully women have a bit better of an understanding about how to actually achieve a tonal athletic physique, yeah. you know, in, yeah. in a healthy way. And you can actually, you can do it. You know, yeah. I believe you can can do both. Mm-hmm. Um, and ladies, you know, if you're stuck, jump in. You can either jump in our Win It Life program um, or, you know, do our challenge, which is uh, coming up. I'll put the links for both of them um, in there. But, yeah, jump in and do the challenge. It's such a great opportunity to get coaching. And just you'll learn heaps more about this training as yes. well. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, guys.